Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. You know it is Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're going to spend a couple hours up until 5 o'clock on this end of the workday after work week afternoon engaging in some entertaining and energetic conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. Um, we're going to, need to talk about uh, the outdoors, the outdoors, recreation. We're going to get outside because that's what we do. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio. Thanks for spending some time with us today on your radio. Information 1000 KSOO or on the KSOO.com website where you can stream this show with just a click. And the KSO mobile app, many people use to listen to the show, and I appreciate that. And our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. So the last of the, 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 the you know, I'm disappointed, Dan. I, I thought we were going to get today from uh, our, our good and close friends at Argus Leader Media and Jello and News. I thought we were getting uh, the Trump favorability today. I mean, maybe that's later. I'm, I, I'm not seeing it today. I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing the three of the ballot initiatives. And uh, I don't think I'm doing too well on my predictions. If I if I remember correctly, but in my defense. okay. so let's let's review uh, the the poll. And the reason I have focused on this poll so much uh, not because I have any particular allegiance to any of these media organizations, but because it's the only real independent polling that you can get uh, in South Dakota. And uh, it's Mason Dixon, and they're a very good company. And so I, I believe this polling in general. I feel comfortable. And since these fine people paid for it, as they have for quite a while, I feel like I, have to, I should give them credit, right? That's fully fair. Yes, because of all of the things involved, that's an organization well rep, reputable. Yep, yep, and yep, yep. So this is from the Argus Leader and Jello Land News. I'm sorry, Kello Land News, Kello Land TV, K E L O TV. I don't need to help them with their branding. Um, by the way, do you know that Ron Wojorek apparently? Did we talk about this? Ron Wojorek apparently used uh, Jello Land in his. Yes, we did talk okay. about this. <laughs> I had a message from Ron, by the way. Ooh, he was in town. Wanted to get together. I, I don't get to my desk that often. People, here, here's the deal. Uh, in radio, I don't, I don't have a phone here in the studio, uh, as many folks do here at at Results Radio. We have desks off in a different area. I have a phone there. I don't get over there very much. So today, I noticed I had a message from Ron Rogers. Said, "I'm in town, man. I come by the station." <laughs> Sorry, Ron, missed that one. Um. On the uh, so let's review. Uh, you had Christy Noel and Billy Sutton tied, right? I was wrong there. I said Christy by seven. Um, then it was, uh, although uh, after the beating that he's been taking lately, it might be closer to what I thought by now. But we'll never know. That's that's speculation. Dusty Johnson, Congress con- for Congress, uh, up twenty three points over uh, Tim Bjorken in the House. Uh, and today, now, we've got the, the ballot initiatives, but only three of them. Um, we've got uh, Amendment W, 
which I believe I said was two points would be two points down, right? Uh, I'm I'm not right, but there's a caveat here. Okay, so right now, according to the Argus Leader Kello poll, 43% of those surveyed said they plan to support Constitutional Amendment W, which you know as the uh, they call it the anti-corruption measure, but that's a bad name because we don't really have corruption; we have closed government. 32% said they were will vote against it. So that's a pretty wide margin. That's 11 points. However, a quarter, 25% remain undecided. So when you've got that high of undecideds, urgh. Yeah, there's a lot to be, you know, there, uh, <laughs> quite a, a wide berth there. Yeah, so I don't, I throw that one out. That's still, that's TBA, TBD, to be decided. Um. Let's see, I am 24, which uh, is banning state out-of-state money in uh, ballot initiatives, which is patently unconstitutional. As Erroneous! I've <laughs> as I've said many times. Uh, this uh, looks like it might pass, which I believe I said this might pass, right? I believe I said... Uh, Let's see, what are the numbers? 39% of those polled said they'd vote to approve the ban, while 33% said they'd vote against it. That's pretty close. It's not in the margin, but it's pretty... 28% undecided. So again, that's that's almost... You can almost throw that out. That's got such a high undecided that it doesn't tell you anything. But I did think that one would pass. I think the, the spread is probably a little more than I said. I don't remember what I said on that one. I am going to look it up. My uh, my producer, Uber producer Dan Peters, is going to check my work on that one. And then, of course, the tobacco tax, which is a buck a pack to fund uh, to reduce tuition at our tech schools. Uh, also, uh, the out-of-state money is a Mark Mickelson deal. Speaker of the House Mark Mickelson. The tobacco tax hike, also a Mark Mickelson deal. And uh, this does not have the support to pass, according to the poll. 49% said they would vote against it. 43% said they would vote in favor of it. Eight, only 8% undecided. So that one, that one's pretty clear. Now, I thought this would pass, I think. I thought this would say it was close, but people would. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that one. So you have, for governor's race, yeah. you had Gnome plus 7. Yeah. For House, you had Dusty plus 10. Yeah. For Amendment W, you had No plus 2. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'm wrong on that one. I am 25. Yes, mm-hmm. plus five. I'm wrong on that. No, I'm right on that one. Although, I again, I don't think that one counts because... Of the, yeah. of the undecided. That's a scratch. Yeah. Amendment Z, you have no plus four. They didn't poll on Amendment Z yeah. or Amendment X. I am 24. Yes, plus five. That I was your word. That was me. Okay. Well, I'm pretty... That, that, that's a, what did I say on tobacco tax? Yes. No. Yes. I said yes. Plus. Plus five. Way off on that one. On 25. So there you have it. Uh, very interesting polling. Um, I, I will talk Monday about my theory yet that, that Donald Trump's uh, favorability rating has come down to such a degree that it is harming Christy Noem. That the president is a, a, a rock tied to her, to her ankle. And you thought that you were going to get that, that 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 number was going to be out. I don't know why it's not. I thought it was today, but I probably was wrong. 
Well, you know what I thought? What? I thought I saw a ponytail. <laughs> there. I knew you'd see, because just in case you were a little bit down in the yeah, dumps no, about it. No, I'm we'll okay lift you up a little bit. I'm okay with it. I just, uh, I just must have uh, remembered that wrong. I thought that was all going to be done today. Now, here's the thing. Why would you wait with that for Saturday? Like, it's the weekend. I don't know. You could go Sunday. Yeah, but put why would the, you hold put on the that? Big, put it in the big edition. That seems silly. That seems silly. They don't care about print anymore. They'll put, they're going to put it all in the, you know, they'll probably put it all in the Sunday edition anyway. And, you know, weekend news. We, nobody watches TV news on the weekend, for the love of gosh. So now I can't even get the Argus Leaders website to work because, I don't know, it's probably layering up pop-up ads for me right now. So that's the, uh, that's the latest from the world of polling. And um, it's pretty interesting. You can get all the details at uh, either of those uh, media outlet in, uh, uh, outlets, websites, digital uh, editions. So, yeah, see, I can't. What is this now? Come on. I, I'm a paying customer, and I can't get through there. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I don't see anything yet. This is stunning radio. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have, we have scratched the Boon Man. The Boon Man is, is unreachable. But the Buffalo Maiden's back. Oh, did she go to her trip to Colorado? Uh, and like, yeah, Mesa Verde and all that. But she's back in state, so uh, she sent me a note. So we're going to talk to the Buffalo Maiden in Weird Friends. Just Fantastic. Yeah, it's good Good to know. Diane Gildemaster, she is uh, with the, she's like the new head of the Mary Jo Wagner Arbor- Arboretum east of Sioux Falls, right over there in historic East Sioux Falls. And we'll talk with her. And I will have a P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, yes, I am an American nationalist. Another David Brooks column I really like. We're going to talk about that. That's all coming up after the break here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 321 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's uh, P&L statement time of the day when we cast our gaze on the news. And we've been talking a lot lately about uh, state politics, and I thought it's time. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's look east. Let's look east. Let's talk about some national politics because, as usual, uh, David Brooks has piqued my attention. Uh, David Brooks, fine, fine columnist for the New York Times. I like him a lot. My, uh, some of my liberal friends get upset with me when I talk about David Brooks because they, they, they see him as more of a, uh, a conservative, but I, I, I see him as a thought leader, a uh, very interesting writer on politics and culture in this country, on ethics and morals. And uh, he has this column today that says, yes, I'm an American nationalist. And this is interesting because... Uh, the president uh, recently said that nationalist means loving his country at a press availability. Um, he said uh, that, you know, th- that nationalism has gotten a bad, a bad sort of reputation, right? Um, and CNN had asked him about, uh, you know, whether this was uh, the old dog whistle, which is a horrible phrase. I wish people quit using it. Uh, that, that that really means white nationalism. And uh, Trump said, I've never heard that. I can't imagine that. I've never heard that theory about being a nationalist. I've heard them all, but I'm somebody that loves our country. When I say a nationalist, I don't like it when Germany is making 1% of GDP for NATO and we're paying 4.3. I don't like that. That's not fair. I don't like it when, as an example, we're protecting Europe and we're paying for almost the entire cost of NATO. We're paying a very, very substantial portion, far greater than it should be. Um, 
You know, he says, uh, so I'm proud of our country, I, and I am a nationalist. It's a word that hasn't been used too much. Some people use it, but I'm very proud. I think it should be brought back. I'm somebody that wants to help other countries of the world, but we have to take care of our country. Okay? Um, and that started, uh, uh, what, you know, what does it mean to be a nationalist? Because when you put that into historic perspective, it's not good. Okay? When you think of uh, nationalism, you know, just Google who are, who are nationalist leaders, right, in history? And you get some very bad, very bad people, very bad, you know, Hitler. Okay, and I, I hate to even bring up Hitler. But a lot of uh, 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 Francisco Franco, all right, the, the, the Spanish uh, authorita- authoritarian fascist. Okay, you get a lot of fascists. You get uh, people, uh, uh, I'm going to say this right now, right? name wrong now but the the chinese nationalist chung kai chung chai dan shen kai shek there you go man I, I don't know why i couldn't get that out um you get ho chi Minh. okay these are the people who you always uh, who, who through history have been uh uh thought of as as nationalists okay milosevic you know not particularly good people and so nationalism then has become this 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 uh, phrase that is equated with 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 racism essentially or ethnic cleansing and a lot of very bad things. So when the president says, "Yes, I'm a nationalist," it causes some people to take notice. Well, Brooks has a fantastic column today in the New York Times, and I've I've posted it on our Twitter feed at P Lally Show, and uh, he he talks to a lot of people, and Brooks talks about how. Yes, he's a nationalist because, yeah, okay, so he grew up in New York. And, he, and most people say, I have an affinity for my local community first. I'm a globalist last. And somewhere in there is state, national, you know. But he says, I'm a nationalist because if you, an American nationalist, because if you uh, uh, say I'm from New York and you take that out of my personality, my persona, that doesn't change me that much. But if you take America out of my persona, then I don't recognize myself. Okay, so in that respect, I'm a nationalist. But then he goes on to talk about it. And in fact, I had somebody, uh, well, I posted this column today on Facebook and, and somebody said, you know, I don't see it that way. I think he's co-opted. He has, he has twisted it for his own means. And I said, I know he did. And that's the genius of it. He has made nationalism into something you can be proud of. And, um, you know, he has this, uh, so, but. But Brooks has this paragraph in here. He says, Donald Trump says he's a nationalist, but you can't be a nationalist if you despise half the nation any more than you can be a good father if you despise half your children. You can't be a nationalist if you think that groups in the nation are in a zero-sum conflict with one another, class against class, race against race, tribe against tribe. You can't be a nationalist if you despise diversity. America is diversity. If you don't love diversity, you are not an American nationalist. It's a, it's a great column that puts all this stuff very much into perspective because you can love your country. You can love your country and not be exclusionary, right? American nationalism has been one of the great joys, comforts, and motivators of my life. I don't know how anybody can live without it. That's the last line of the column. And there's a lot more that goes into it, but I thought it was beautifully written. Uh, it, the, the logic is, is, is solid. It's, it, it makes you uh, actually feel good about being an American and not in a jingoistic, um, you know, overly wrought patriotic way.
but just proud of being an American for the good things that we do and the good people that we are. And I hope that the president's a nationalist. I, ho- I wish he was a nationalist in that regard, but I don't think he is. I said yesterday, the man can't live above the line of accountability. And I, and I, I believe that to still be true. And I, I need to go back and look at that, the ladder of accountability. Just Google it. You'll see it. I didn't make it up. All right. And then apply that to President Trump. And you'll see that everything below the line, pointing fingers, not taking responsibility, that's somebody else's problem. That's him. Everything above the line. Let's fix it. This is this, we can do this, do things because they're right. That doesn't reflect him so well. So read the Brooks column. It's great. And um, it, it, was a, it gave me a lot to think about today uh, because I have conflicting notions of what that means, about what patriotism means. You know, is it that you, I believe you need to be a patriot coupled with some level of humility, that you need to do good things and be a good force in the world for the sake of doing good, not just for your economic gain. And yes, economics is a huge part of who we are. It's a force in the world, but it can't be the motivator of everything you do. Not if you want to be a leader. Not if you want to be an American. And that's the bottom line of today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Patrick at KSO.com is my email. We're on the Twitter at P. Lally Show. Throw us a comment there. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got. The Buffalo Maiden, some from somewhere in the Black Hills. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 3.36 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I could never pretend that I don't love you. You could never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I am. And you call me in the morning. And it's Friday, and we were supposed to have the Boon Man, but he bagged out, and I'm very lucky that the Buffalo Maiden is back in the state and is able to check in from the Black Hills Bureau. Buffalo Maiden, thank God you're home. <laughs> it's nice to be home, but you know, I'm like parked, I'm up in Deadwood right now. Um, and so I had to, par- yeah, I was like a minute away from having any service. So you are, <laughs> you are lucky. You should not buy a lotto ticket, although I think you're too late for that one. Yeah. Um, Dang it. Not again. Not I again. know. I know. And you know, I heard that something about you won't, you don't, uh, you share your opinions. People don't agree, but I think you and I both agree that the Chubby Chipmunk, uh, Oh, um, yeah. candy store up here is probably the finest in the state of South Dakota. Oh my God. If you haven't been to, the, so there's this little like roadside, I can't even remember exactly. That's a vending machine. Remember? Yeah. Oh, it's just, a, I'm, I'm like a hundred feet from it. Oh, <laughs> I don't really? know how that happened, but yeah, it's uh it has a vending machine outside with chocolates in it, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, we, you and I went there once, didn't we? Yeah. We got, we got oh, vending, I think we've been there a couple of times. Yeah. Vending yeah. machine chocolate, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's but fantastic. And it's the finest. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's great. So I'm up here in Deadwood. It is beautiful, uh, sunny, a little windy, but we're uh, some friends of ours, our mutual friends, we're going hiking. 
Yeah, uh, this sounds like something I should have been on. Yep, yep, these are your people. That's what I say, yes. Yeah, but to party out in Deadwood. We are going to, and you know, we can even take pictures of this because it's an actual hike already um, out there, but it's uh, Mount uh, Roosevelt. Really? Theater Roosevelt. It's a friendship tower. Oh, um, I've been there. Have you been there? Can I you tell me so. how to get there? <laughs> no, we can't tell you how to get there. If I remember. I don't think it's, I don't think it's much of a hike. Oh, well, with that crowd, it's... We got to get our costumes on because it's dead weird weekend in Deadwood. <laughs> um, so we got to get back in time to get our costumes on uh, to get up and, and get into dead weird. Uh, with, <laughs> are, I you, guess, uh, are you staying quite in the Deadwood? Crazy. Are you staying in uh, Deadwood? We're staying in the canyon, down oh. in the canyon. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Down in yeah. the canyon. Well, you're yeah. just back from, uh, you know, down in the southwest. You were in some oh, beautiful place canyon. in the world. Oh, my gosh, is that the most beautiful place in the world is uh, Cortez, Colorado, and then over to Utah, and uh, we just had the most incredible trip and the most beautiful weather, and their leaves are yellow beyond, yeah. I mean, they're just gold yellow, they're just so beautiful, and then the, the canyons and the, um, we have you ever heard of Gooseneck something, Gooseneck State Park? Yeah, is that the one like with the a, bridge that's, it's like a... No, foot, this a, is like a mini, uh, um, what do we call it, Grand Grand uh, Canyon. Yeah, that's... It's a mini a, one. Yeah, I've been there. It's scared there, the living no bejesus out of me. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, what scares you even more is then you head up to the natural bridges, because that sounds like the natural thing to do, Natural Bridges National Monument, which isn't far from there. Mm-hmm. And you you were driving along, and my dad goes, hey, how are we going to get through that... Mesa, or what do we call it? I don't, I can't Mesa remember Verde? the difference. No, we were at Mesa oh. Verde, but this is some of, you know, those big, like, rock formations? Oh, and yeah. I'm like, well, I'm sure yeah. there's a tunnel, Dad. I'm sure there's, you know, you got to go through a tunnel. <laughs> oh, <okay>? no. <laughs> it's a switchback. It's gravel road, single lane, going straight up the side of this uh, butte. Mm. Up and up and up and yeah. up and up. And people are coming down, and people are going up, and it's single lane, and I just freaked. <laughs> Were you so, driving? Oh, my gosh, yes. And you're supposed to go five miles an hour. This is how scary it is. There's no, like, things to keep you on the road <laughs> if you want to go off the road. And you go these little turns, and you go back and forth. It's a switchback. And it must have went on for, I think it was three or four miles straight up. Ah. Yeah. And by the... <laughs> what was at the top? <laughs> Uh, a really flat plateau where I ran around screaming, what the frick? I went, whatever. What was that? What was that? And we had four different cars with us and nobody, everybody was like, well, we'll just go back down afterwards after we go see the monument. Uh Uh-uh, no way. Nobody was going down that road. I've never heard of it before. And all they do is give you a little sign before saying, hey, you know, if it's raining, it's impassable. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make any sense to you if you don't never have never done it before. Nobody told you that you're going up three miles on a switchback or four miles, I think it was, by the time you get to the top. It's the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. So you had all these people. How many people do you have with us? You were in a caravan? Well, we had a caravan. We had four, three cars, oh. three cars at the time because I had family out there. I see. But I had the precious cargo. I had mom and dad. Yeah. And so all I did was, look, I just told my mom I'm going to close my eyes and go. <laughs> Every time, <laughs> it didn't matter what side of the road you were on. You had to pull over, you know, for somebody to go by you. Yeah. But I was always on the inside. I didn't care. I was like, you go around. I'm there. 
<laughs> You're not good. I am not, I'm not trusting the edge but of this road. At the end, okay, so then we get through that and you go to Natural Bridges. Have you ever been to that? I don't think so. Monument? No. Oh, my gosh. Is that That's in Utah, right? It's all in Utah. And then yeah. we did go to Moab, which, eh, you know, I don't know. Eh. <laughs> and arches? I mean, with a long line like yeah. that? Eh. There was a line but there? I, oh, my gosh. You you wait. You wait. They want to do uh, reservations to get in. It's so popular. Uh, well, I'm not doing that. That's not fun. No, but I found your destination. Which is what? Dead Horse State Park. <laughs> Why? <laughs> which is that the largest. Bad mountain biking area I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Like, that that also is in Utah, right? Yes. Yes. Right by Moab. Outside of Moab. No, I know about that place. I don't mountain and bike, it, though. That's not my... That's my I know, places. but then you could do this because it's flat in this oh. area. Because sometimes those, those desert mountain biking places, people are like riding on a, you know, three-inch wide ridge. Same thing yeah. with your switchback deal. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that. No, no, that. no. I know. I think this is okay, though. I kind of checked it out a little bit. It, it looks like it's okay. And you can stay in a yurt. And, oh. you know, just have a great old time. Yeah. Yes. Yurts are huge out there. In fact, in Colorado, there's this trail that you can ride. It's yurt to yurt. <laughs> <laughs> yurt to yurt. You go on like a you know, four or five day uh, biking expedition, and you st- every uh-huh. night you stay in a different yurt, and they're stocked. And, you know, so that would be right. fun. That'd be all right. I'd be okay with that. They have also. However, have- I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, the, the the only thing that bothers me about riding through brush like that are the rattlesnakes. They because, you know, because we saw two on really? the whole trip, and one one um, we were on a private tour of petroglyphs right off this place where we were staying, and I'm like, well, when's the last time you seen a rattlesnake? And he goes, oh no no, we haven't seen them for months, <laughs> and then five minutes later, there's a rattlesnake coming at him. Well, you have, <laughs> yeah. you, we have rattlesnakes in South Dakota. I mean, that's... We have rattlesnakes in South Dakota, right. But, you know, I, he said we hadn't seen them in a month, and we saw one there, and then we saw one. Um, we went to a Hovenweep National Monument, and that is um, probably the oldest grouping of how, you know, the rock cliff dwellers, mm, whatever. Yes, yes. Um, like Mesa Verde. But it was almost like a, yeah, but this place was way better. Um, and it was almost like a, a showroom of the different style. They think it's a, a showroom of houses that these people would build for you back in, you know, hmm. what is that, 2,000 years ago? Yeah, like this is they had like... all different kinds of styles in this small area, and they think they'd be like, well, this is one style, this is one style, you can just pick and choose. This is our split level. <laughs> this is our double tower. Do you have a family? And this is our square tower. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. You didn't like so, Mesa anyway. Verde? I liked Mesa. Oh, you drive to Mesa Verde, and it's just amazing when you see these the homes and the cliff dwelling. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but Hovenweep uh, is way more. Okay, well, you're you're right up on them. After me, yeah, right. Mesa Verde, you're sort of walking through the canyon, and you yeah, you can't get yeah. like really close. I mean, you get pretty close. Yeah, and then you if you in. go to natural to natural bridges, oh yeah, you can actually touch the ones in Hovenweep. Oh. Um, but and if you go to natural bridges, you can get very close to them as well, and they're even smaller. I mean, but these people were like five feet and five mm-hmm. six, so they're not like they were tiny. Well, it's not like they were hanging out watching TV either. You know, they just they, they, it was no. it was utilitarian. You spend most of your time outside. You know what I did see on our little private tour um, on the ranch? They found a petrified corn cob <laughs> from how many like two thousand years ago? I really? mean, and it was like it's like a little mini corn cob, and they said it was actually a large corn cob. 
Well, that's pretty cool. So people were practicing agriculture. That's what they did. They built these on top of the gardens, or they would farm on top of the... Rooftop. Little rooftop garden. Yes, see, they were way ahead of us, even though they're way behind us. No, that's pretty cool. So it was a good trip then. It was a great trip. So are you rested now? now? Are you, you ready to go back? No, in fact, I think I'm not going to open for another week because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're a small business owner, you don't get much joy in life. The only thing you can do is maybe close for a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, are you going to... You get to work. <laughs> oh. I, yes, I, have, I don't have any choice. I got to keep working. But yeah. It's just the way it goes. You gonna you got a few minutes for me? Can you hang out? Or are you are you are they are the, are the girls calling hiking, for you? Man. What? Uh, no, I gotta just, go hiking. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. We'll come right back with the Buffalo Maiden after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Fifty-one on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSO. We got just a couple minutes left here with the Buffalo Maiden, who is uh, you know driving through the Black Hills. So we'll see if we can keep our signal. Uh, Buffalo Maiden, are you still with us? I'm still oh, with you, good. but you know good. I'm I'm driving now because I want to challenge and, and make this more of a challenge for you. Oh, that's great. If you lose me, then you'll have to continue talking. Well, that's never a challenge. <laughs> no, it's not. Yesterday, all no. I did was talk. It was a short show. I just talked for an hour. It was fine. Huh? Ah, so nice. So now that you're back in in, in country, uh, the political world has kind of changed while you were gone. What is, so the uh, uh, is politics out in the hills? I mean, do you get a sense that that like Billy Sutton uh, has more appeal than a normal Democrat because he's you know he's got the hat, he's a rodeo guy, wears the buckle, and all that? Well, you would uh, you would think that he has the appeal. Yes, uh, I would think he'd have the appeal, but not just because he wears a hat and a belt buckle. Um, you know, you got to hope that what people say and what they stand for makes a little bit more sense, but you just never know. I guess physical appearance is what uh, most people go for anyway. So uh, he's got, he's got the look as we would say. Um, isn't that a song? Maybe you could play. He's got, but, the uh, look. yes, we could, but we're not <laughs> going to. <laughs> I think uh, I saw a little bit of a debate last night. I see that they're maybe tied. Is that the story? Yeah, there's a poll. Poll says they're tied straight up, but that was before, uh, the poll was taken, you know, a little bit before the debates and uh, before our, uh, the Nome campaign started uncapping the missiles. Yeah, boy. And, okay, so I, you know, uh, I, I was intrigued by all these commercials that are coming out by um, Nome and, and the fact that she really wants to push uh, more jobs in South Dakota, mm-hmm. which, um, to me, that's just one little note where you're saying, okay, you're kind of not in touch with what's going on. More jobs. We have an incredible amount of jobs. Mm-hmm. We don't have people. We mm-hmm. have no laborers. So that's kind of what I was yeah. uh, questioning, what, what, what her motivation is there for finding more jobs. We have the jobs. I think people who are creating all these businesses better be uh, in fear for who are going, who's going to work for them, who's going to work with them. Yeah, because be you've had issue. trouble. You've had trouble with the the visa program. Does she, has oh, she responded? Has she responded to your? She inquiries? never responded. Uh, uh-uh, nothing. Uh-oh. Nothing. That's not a good Browns sign. Browns and Thune are a little bit more in touch uh, with what's going on. I mean, I've heard from them, but mm-hmm. I have never heard from her. Nothing except now I see these commercials. I will create more jobs. I will keep the kids in the state. You know, technical jobs, things like that. Um, 
which that part I get, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get these kids to fill the technical jobs and, and, and get people. But um, don't create too many jobs, Chrissy, because there is a lot of people to work work for. Yeah, uh, especially where you are. And uh, yeah. with the, with the yeah. uh, Sage Creek Grill and the beautiful downtown Custer, which will be open at some point later this year. At some point, after I get out of my sabbatical, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how long. It's, how how long can you go on sabbatical? Is that like a five year thing? Oh, you can take a, as many as you want when it's your business. Yeah, I think I'm going to do a sabbatical every year. I'm really yeah. good at it. That's good. Have a have a great hike and and tell tell the ladies hi from me. Okay. I will. I uh, will. See you soon. Okay. Bye bye. Coming up after the break, we've got Phil Shrek doing the weather. After the news by Dan Peters. And then we're going to talk about the uh, Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Tomorrow is the trick-or-treat trail run, 10 a.m., starting at Pasley Park on the bike path along the scenic Big Sioux River. It's a 5K run and walk and a 10K run. There's a candy dash for kids 3 to 10. It starts at 9.30 a.m. Candy dash is half a mile. Each finisher receives a goodie bag and an event T-shirt. For information on this or any other event, go to KSRO.com. Coming up in just a minute, Chief Meteorologist from the KSFY Severe Weather Center, that's Phil Shrek, he'll be with us, then Diane Gildemaster of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, I have uh, been watching the progress of, over the years now, over the years of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum, which started out, I don't know, many years ago now, as kind of a dream and is quite the place now. So we have with us today the uh, fairly recently installed uh, uh, director yes. director of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum in East Sioux Falls, Diane Gildemaster. Diane, thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me, Patrick. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, you were with, you were with the uh, city government for many years, right. Parks, and, Parks yep. and Rec, right? And so... Yep. That's how I met you. Yep, that's right. Yep. Um, but now, this spring, you became the director of the Arboretum. Right. Uh, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yep. It really is a fabulous place. Um, I, I, when, did it, when did it first come to fruition? Because it's kind of a dream right. of the Wagner family, right? Right, and yeah. how did that it happen? It was Mary Jo's dream. Um, it was probably in about um, 2006 or so. She um, was part of the Sioux Falls Beautiful um, program in Sioux Falls, and she ended up getting leukemia. And mm-hmm. being up in the cities, she went over to the the Minneapolis, the um, Minnesota Landscape um, Arboretum, mm-hmm. and did a lot of walking and you know trying to look after her health over there. And thought Sioux Falls needs one of these, mm-hmm. and so she approached uh, the people back here and said we should have one of these. And she didn't actually make it to the dedication mm-hmm. um of the arboretum in 2008 and so um so but it's named after her the carl wagner family mm-hmm. gave some money and said let's do this and so that's the start and yeah so, so it's 10 years it's since yes. it's been dedicated yeah yep. i didn't realize it's been that long yeah so we're just in its infancy still really yeah. yet so, so tell people for, first of all it's uh I, I said earlier it's basically in historic east sioux falls right. most people 
uh, and it is kind of adjacent to a historic site. Right. The yes. p- people don't know really where that is or what it is. Right. And, but it's kind yeah. of part of your uh, your uh, mission out there. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the there was actually a city called East Sioux Falls, and it had five hundred to six hundred people living there, and they were recruited by the quarry um, operators um, to come and do stone cutting out of the quarries. The quarries are actually more on the Arrowhead Park side, mm-hmm. um, but without the highway there, that would have been just all one site out mm-hmm. there. And so they lived in the little community of East Sioux Falls. And they were recruited from Wales and, and places like that because of their stone cutting abilities. Mm-hmm. And the, the stone that came out of those quarries is our um, Minnehaha County Museum, um, some of the churches in Sioux Falls, uh, lots of old Maine down in, in Vermilion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the stone was used for a lot of different things. Wallace Dow is one of the big architects that used yeah. it. And so that was in the 1880s, late 1880s. And then concrete was discovered. Yeah. And so stone kind of went out. And and the quartzite out there is kind of a unique quartzite anyway. It's only found in the Midwest of the United States. And it's got our quarry and has a, a deeper purple color. Mm-hmm. And you can see it on the Washington Pavilion or the Courthouse Museum. And so it's real unique kind of for us out there. So it's got a lot of neat history out there. And if you go out there, um, uh, and we'll talk about the Arboretum here in a minute, but the, the historic aspects of East Sioux Falls are really uh, impressive because, as you said, there was a community there, and there was a uh, a, a trolley, a rail line right. that yep. ran from East Sioux Falls to downtown. Yeah, it was our first kind of metro system yep. in South Dakota. And so it actually ended up being, it was built for the workers to get into mm-hmm. Sioux Falls for supplies, but it actually ended up being more reversed where the people of Sioux Falls actually would go out there mm-hmm. to just recreate and be part of it. I guess there was um, a 4th of July celebration out there that was a crowd of ten to 20,000. Mm. So, I mean, it was it was a big deal out there. And it's beautiful. The property is exactly beautiful. Yeah. And so I, I can see why people wanted to live there, actually. And it's uh, it has, uh, you can still see some of the remnants of, of quarrying right, out right. there, which is amazing. And when you think about all the rock that came out of there that is now stone, yeah. that is now still part of our architecture in the right. city, it really is tremendous to imagine how these guys, men and women, carved that stone right. out of that spot, right. transport, and then made it into buildings. Right, without, exactly. Without yeah. any real machinery other yeah. than the trolley. <laughs> That's right. Just rail cars. I know that, that train loads of the rock went to Chicago to pave some of their streets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really historic um, building up in northern Michigan that was built by Wallace Dow, and it's still a restaurant today, and it's very unusual for that community. And so, I mean, and that's made of uh, quartzite out right. of that? Out of that really? Quarries, yeah. Do you know so, what town that is? That's it, awesome. Uh, Lansing, I want to say it is. Oh, well, yes, okay, so in cool. Michigan, that's cool. Yeah. I would love to go there. You know, yeah. it's like, this stone came from where I live. Yes, exactly. You people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be right. like, yes, sir, do you want the uh, fish or the chicken? <laughs> um, yeah, the, it's a, it really is an amazing story, and most people don't know it. Right, um, right. Uh, but there are, there's some historic markers out there. Right, yeah. Uh, yep. and, and that's part of it. Also, and then across the street is Arrowhead Park. Right. Yes. Most people know where that is. Right. Uh, and, and the barn at Arrowhead is actually, um, 
is was moved from East Sioux Falls. It was actually a livery stable down in East Sioux Falls, and it was moved in about the 20s, we think. And it was actually used as a barn up mm-hmm. on the Arrowhead property, but it was a livery stable down there, and the stagecoach came out of there. So um, I didn't know you, that. If you look at the barn, it's actually designed by Wallace Dow, and it says 1888 on it still, you know, and so it, it's just very cool to That's have that neat. still around. So. And the Arboretum is right there. Right. Um, but the, and then the, that site of the, of the old Isu Falls, you can go, there's trails. Right. And you can go yes. walking out in there and you can really get the sense of this wasn't a bad place to live. Right. It's, it's right next to Willow Run Golf Course, right. you know, yep. so it's yep. beautiful just, in there. You can kind of hear them in the distance a little <laughs> bit. But um, yeah, it's got a beautiful little stream that runs through the property out to the Sioux River. We have about a mile of frontage mm-hmm. on the big Sioux River, which we hope someday to get trails out there so you can kind of see the river from there. We've got a canoe launch. Um, we're about halfway between Big Sioux Recreation Area, mm-hmm. which is about a half mile upstream, and then half mile downstream is Good Earth yeah. State Park. So it's very cool to launch out of there and go either way. It really is a, a beautiful little stretch of the river, and people would know it from uh, when you're just taking Highway 42 out of town, yeah. headed towards Iowa. Yep. <laughs> um, in fact, you're going in Iowa yeah. um, that uh, to Rowena. Um, it, it really is a nice stretch of river right. there. Um, yep. It seems kind of still kind of wild and right. open yep. and country-like yep, yeah and it's there. a great yep. it is great canoeing and kayaking through right. there yep. uh, i didn't know you had a launch right at that spot yeah we do yeah and they they kind of built it up just a few years ago but it's become kind of popular to launch out of there because it's kind of like i say halfway between the two yeah and it's spots. easy to get to yeah. um the and so the uh arboretum is right there i uh, did now the, when the arboretum was conceived uh, was it always thought that we will sort of combo up with this the, the heritage here of Isu Falls? Yes, yep. And and actually, the name, the official name, is the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum and Isu Falls Historic Site. So oh. it's kind of a long name. <laughs> we don't always say it all the time, but that's exactly a, what it you is. You need a better acronym. Let's work on that. <laughs> I know. No. Uh, and and so the uh, the main arboretum there is it, then is right there, and there's a building, right? And right. and uh, now arboretum, of mm-hmm. course, suggests. Plants, trees, yep. Um, And you have that as part of sort of the wild part of Isu Falls. Right. But then the Arboretum itself uh, is much more... how is it planned? Tell us, right. tell us about what sort of uh, what's going on in, in that part of it. Right. There actually is kind of a very unique situation. Um, the county owns part of the land. The city owns part of the land. And then we're the third party nonprofit mm-hmm. that is helping to manage and operate the park. So it's actually a city park, just like Sertoma has the outdoor campus. Mm-hmm. Sherman has the zoo. Mm-hmm. So we are the Arboretum Society out there running the programs and rentals and things. But um, it is uh, so part of it. The county's part is actually a nature area. It's the old trees and the stream runs through it mm-hmm. and has some of the quartzite outcroppings. And so it's 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 really a neat side. And then you have the arboretum part that's been built out, which is the formal gardens. And so it's a it's got a deer fence around it so we can protect our plants. Mm-hmm. And we started you know plopping in lots of different kinds of trees. They're all labeled. Um, we try to label everything, the flowers, the you know shrubs, everything. So 
if you're a plant person and you want to plant something in your yard, come out because you can get that certain variety, that color of that flower. And so um, we do have an interactive map on our webpage. Um, the city helped us build that. And so you can take your smartphone and walk around and get an idea well, that's of cool. what that oak tree will look like when it becomes full well, that's a great idea. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, then you know, yeah. well, this plant actually can survive here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's out here in the middle of uh, the countryside. Right. If right. it can survive here, it might be able to survive in my lawn. Right. We have the largest bur oak in the state of South Dakota. Um, really? They, they measure that not only on the circumference of the trunk, but the canopy of mm. it. And so it is the official largest bur oak in the state you're and kidding so me that's out there too is that and out in the that's out in the wild area in the wilder yeah. area yeah yeah we've got it marked on our maps and things so people can take pictures over there and things but it's it's got to be at least 400 years old we believe so you're kidding me yeah no i'm not it's very well protected in there so we hope it lasts a, a lot longer it, it's a it is a very um it's it's almost like we have these little spots these little clusters along the big sioux river right uh, Newton Hills is one, right. uh, obviously Good Earth is one, um, where you have these like uh, really isolated little oak forests. Right, exactly. Beautiful out there. And, and you know, th- we have a lot of ash trees, which we may lose Ooh. over time, but we have a lot of other things like the oak trees and the, the maples and the cottonwoods. And so, you know, we're hoping, and we're going to continue to plant. We, we love planted trees. So if anybody's into trees, please, you know, think about us. Do you, do you can come out there and help plant trees, do that right. sort of thing? Yep, yep. So Arbor Day every year is the last Friday of April. And so we always have a celebration. We always try to plant trees out there. So... Um, just people can mark that on their calendars right now. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And so the, it, the, the, you've got, when you go out there, there's a parking lot and all that. Right. Uh, and a, and a building. So, but you can, from that spot, you can access everything. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Cause there's not a lot of other, cause right. people think, well, I can't get there. It's on the highway. Right. No. And in fact, a lot of people drive by on the highway and think it's just the building and yeah. not even understanding there's so much more. It's 145 acres oh, wow. of actual park land. So it's a city park, just like anybody, you know, any other city park. But and there's like picnic just, tables and stuff right, in there, yes, right? Yes. Shelters, things yeah, like that. It's awesome. We host there. a lot of weddings out there. The, the building itself is the Mabel and Judy Jasper Educational Center. And so it, it was built, it looks like a schoolhouse, an mm-hmm. old schoolhouse. It was built in the same way, fashion, that the original schoolhouse in the East Sioux Falls was. Mm -hmm. And one of the rooms is actually old school desks and the chalkboard and the potbelly stove and all kinds of things. So the kids just love going in that. Um, We're going to come right back after the news and weather and talk more with Diane Gildemaster, who is the director of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum and historic East Sioux Falls site. I'll get that right the next time. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we have been talking about the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum and historic Isu Falls site with Diane Gildemaster. She is the recently appointed, six months now, <laughs> yes. director of the said Arboretum, and it is a fabulous place, and we just put... Went through the whole history of Isu Falls and, and, and some of the really cool areas that are available to go out and walk around. And if you don't know where it is, you just go east uh, on Highway 42 there. You go past, uh, you go past Walmart. Right. You go, you, go, you, go, you go past Menards. You go past all the, the commercialism, and you find a little oasis of nature uh, right off Highway 42 there as you're leaving town across from Arrowhead Park, if you know where that is. 
uh, or, you know, Google it. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's easy to get to, and it's uh, a really great experience, uh, really out, great outdoor experience in terms of the old spots. But uh, you have, uh, uh, so you have uh, a formal gardens that you right. guys are building, essentially, right. over yes. time. Right. Um, and we talked a little bit about the variety of stuff in there, but it's, explain it to people, because it's, it's a, you said it's fenced, but it's big. Yeah. And, and so uh, what's ha- what happens back there in the arbor? Right. In the inside the formal gardens um, is uh, plant collections. We have evergreen collections. We have um, oak collections. Um, we have daylilies, um, different things. And, and some of them are just in, in a display. Like we have a waterfall mm-hmm. that falls down to a pond. And it's just beautiful. I mean, there's just covered with flowers and trees. And we have school groups come out, and they just absolutely love it. There's just so much variety out there that you can teach them about evergreen trees and deciduous trees. And um, we have larch trees, which are very unusual because they actually drop their needles. They are a coniferous tree. Hmm. Drop their needles. So we planted one of those for Arbor Day this year. Cool. Um, So, you know, the gardens are, you're right, just in its infancy. We're just getting things started. And, you know, it's only been like maybe three, four years since things have been planted. So some of our trees are still small, but they're getting there. And the plant collections are just beautiful. I mean, we start with the peonies in the spring and then the daylilies in the summer. And right now, even the phlox is still blooming out there. Um, so, and the sedum is pretty right mm. now. So we still have lots of color even. Um, there was a couple out today taking pictures by the waterfall. So it's a huge, you know, place that people like to take pictures and get engaged and get married. Even we have a wedding gardens. We have these two circles and one of them, um, the far one is the wedding garden. We've planted some trees, but eventually we'll have a pergola out there with some, um, seating area and kind of a, mm. a formal, similar to McKinnon park has and then the inside circle is to be a knot garden with different collections of flowers and plants so and so there's there's like a, a circle when you say circle it's a concrete path right, right right yep um and how big is the actual formal garden out of your 140 whatever yeah, acres i would say it's probably a good five acres yeah. or so yeah so it's not huge right. but it's it is what's this experience supposed to be when you walk out there what are you what are you hoping people i think people are especially in the summertime when everything's blooming it's Mm -hmm. just mass color i mean it's that that's you look in this direction and then there's mass some color over there different over here and right now in the fall i mean we have the oak trees are turning different colors and and the dogwoods are really pretty you know with their red Mm -hmm. stems and then we have the native grasses that are just bronze colored out there even in the rain the other day it still looked gorgeous just gorgeous so i mean it's just uh, i think you you're wowed by the different amounts of plants and and from the top of the hill looking down in it you don't think it's so big but when you get down in there it's it's a ways down there Mm -hmm. some of the roses are still blooming we just had some preschool kids out the other day and they were all smelling the roses Mm -hmm. and yeah it's still gorgeous out there even right now end of october and there it is kind of an oasis it's not a you know, there's there's a highway over there, but right, yep. it is it's removed from that a little bit, and and it kind it can be very serene back right, in there, can't right? It? Yes, in fact, you can get down in by the stream. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, you cannot hear the highway, and mm-hmm. we've had kids. You know, can you hear it? Can you hear it? No. So I mean, it gets really protected down in there, 
And um, we've actually, we have a, a, a farmer that's kind of maintaining the larger part of our property, which is two alfalfa fields. Mm-hmm. But we've had the park department mow a path. So we have a lot of walkers that'll walk their dogs mm-hmm. out. And that goes right along the river. And you'll end up over kind of by the Fraternal Order Police, mm-hmm. which is our second entrance where the canoe launch is. And then you there's a railroad track that takes you right back up to the parking lot. So there's some nice loops. We've got maps up in the building. Um, the building is now open on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 4.30. So um, just the, the gate is closed to the formal gardens. We just want you to come through the building so we can give you maps, so we can tell our yeah. story a little bit and, you know, let you know what we're, we're what we have and what we're trying to do out there. The city of Sioux Falls actually right now is um, helping us with um, a new master plan that we're going to redo and then a business plan that'll go with the master plan. So as we go forward, if we build something, can we generate revenue from that? More gardens, more formal things. So if, if you're looking for a place that's special, that you mm-hmm. want to have an event, we rent the building, we rent the grounds, um, and it's beautiful. We'll, we'll you know, do whatever it takes to have your event go well. And just in a, a nice afternoon, you're looking for some place to take the kids and run them around? Yep, beautiful. And it, yeah. educational at the same time, right? Yeah, there is. A, we have this native uh, grass area, and just this week, I marked out uh, like a maze. I mean, we might as well mow it. <laughs> the park department mows it down every spring, so yeah. I thought, you know, I'm going to put a maze in there. So we marked out a maze, and the Parks and Rec is helping us mow that out. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, bring the kids out and let them run through the tall grass. It looks like it's going to be a nice weekend, so it's yes, a good weekend yes, for it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come right back and talk more with Diane Gildemaster. She is the director of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum at the historic Isu Falls location. And uh, lots going on out there that you probably don't know about. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Four forty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we're chatting with Diane Gildemaster. She is the director of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum at the historic Isu Falls location, site, site of, say the full name again, yeah. so that I, I mean, I've messed it up every yeah. time. Isu Falls Historic Site. There you go. Yeah. And Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum. Right. We got that. It's a beautiful place, 140-some acres out just off Highway 42 before, as you're leaving Sioux Falls. And why would you leave Sioux Falls? Just turn around and go to the Arboretum. There you go. There's no point in going to Iowa. Um <laughs> I love my friends in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Unless I, you're I, headed to Brandon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't do that either. <laughs> um, so we've been talking about uh, what all the, the incredible land that's out there, the the, the, the availability of sort of uh, wild spaces and then the, the formal gardens and everything that's available. But you have this building. Right. Right. And it's uh, you were talking about it earlier. It's, it's built in the style of an old school house. Right. But it's yeah. bigger than you might. Right. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys do all kinds of stuff out there. Give us some sense of uh, w- what we can do when we're out there. Right. Um, like I say, we're open on the weekends, so you can just pop in and just see what we have out there. We have a one older classroom, it's historic. Um, it's got old school desks, a chalkboard, and and just the kids just have a fun time. Yeah, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. No, they don't know. <laughs> when we point at the the in the corner, there's a little um, crock. 
and we say that's the drinking fountain and you have to dip your water out and, and they're and, like oh cholera <laughs> no <laughs> and that there is no bathroom in the school and you need to go oh, outside oh my gosh and, you know, so it's very cool there's some neat neat history in there we've got history even of the quarrying operation in that room so and then we have a modern classroom which has got the internet, Mondo board, all of the bells and whistles. Um, and so we use that little classroom for bringing school children out. We do first graders in the spring and third graders in the fall. We just finished with the last group just this week. So, And um, we, we use iPads for scavenger hunts out there. The kids just love that. Um, we take them on a, like a deer, deer ears hike. It's about senses, sensory mm. hike. And then teach them about the animals of South Dakota with different furs that we have. So that's part of our school program. But we also have preschools come out and uh, adult groups. We just had a quartzite class last weekend that 25 people attended. And we had a speaker on the quartzite itself. Oh, cool. And where it's found and and gave us a little map on where to find it in the Midwest and, and the history behind it. And so, you know, all that stuff is really neat to us. And so we're going to continue to have classes that are coming up. We have uh, essential oils, which we're doing because it's plant-based, and we want to teach people that some of these oils are kind of cool, you know, and they can they can be used for, you know, different mm-hmm. um, ailments or, mm-hmm. you know, nature itself. Um, we're doing You've gone a, full, You guys have gone full hippie out there. Oh, Oh, yeah, we, we are. We had a mindfulness walk All um, right. for Mental Health Week that, you know, just mindful walking with no noise, no cell phones. Yeah. Just walk through the trees and journal a little bit. You need to have some yoga. Yeah. They, actually, that's been suggested, yeah. too. Yeah. We, we have I would that do that, too. Um, but we have, uh, like, well, we have a class next week called Wicked Weeds. It's Halloween, you know, so mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about the weeds in your yard and how you can control them. So we've made it kind of... Halloween themed, and it's a family event. It's so. not the wacky weed. This is the wicked weed. This is that's right. No, diff- different yeah, weed, Diane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wicked weeds. These are wicked. These are bad. So we're going to teach you a little bit about those, and then we have um, like a Super Saturday at the Arboretum where we just have events for kids ages five to nine you can bring them um, we just need to know by friday afternoon that you're coming and we'll have making cookies they have crafts they have oh, reading man. books just a morning nine to eleven on saturday mornings um, and we do that once a month um, so we've got those out there and people we, are constantly looking for that kind yeah of and and you just need to go to our web page that's our that's our spot where and our facebook we're posting all that stuff on there we keep getting ideas over thanksgiving we're going to do a a gnome house and fairy house building class. So it's for children ages 10 and up or adults that want to do a little fairy garden in their yard. And Now you've gone, you've gone completely over I, the I edge. Know, no, I know. No, that's, it's, but it's cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's gets great. gets people out into nature and dealing with nature, you know, gluing on some acorns on a little house. <laughs> <laughs> you go out and collect your own neat. acorns? Yes. Is yep. that sort of thing? Yep. Oh, and cool. in December, I'm doing a, a winter floral class. So I actually have permission to go out and do some pruning in the park and we're going to gather up some different supplies and make a little, you know, decoration in front of your house if you want to bring a pot in and we'll help you decorate in front of your house. So just some different ideas. We're going to do African violets in January, uh, house plants. And so we're just going to keep doing what we can is to keep things going. The, the big thing out there is, you know, trying to keep ourselves going. We want to 
get in touch with nature. So we want people to come out Mm -hmm. and get in touch with nature, connect with nature, and then also, you know, try to raise money and try Mm -hmm. to raise awareness of our plants and um, build more of these gardens. We want to do some uh, Native American Indian gardens, some old... um, Oh, the, like homesteader gardens, and so just different kinds of gardens yeah. is what we want to do. So and so, you guys are a nonprofit. You mentioned right, fundraising. Right. Uh, where do you get your money? Yeah, we um, mostly from raising. Individual donors is is our biggest raising right now. We're going to try to do a little more corporate donations in the spring, trying mm-hmm. to bring in some more money that way. Mm-hmm. Because basically, the more money we can bring in, the more we can build. Mm-hmm. Um, we're partnered up with the city and the county, but um, the city has in the past done matching. Um, you know, if we come up with money, they'll match. But I, I've heard that those funds may be going away. So uh, well, it's, gonna, it's always a, an a iffy tough. proposition yes, yes. when you're dealing with public money, right? Yeah. So, so we are on our own to raise the money to try to build it out, and so we'll even do naming rights if people want to come mm-hmm. and say, "I want to have the knot garden, and I want my name on it." Yeah. You know, well, people we'll, have we'll I do mean, that. Um, you know, so much of of uh, life here is a connection to the outdoors in one sense or another. Right. Um, and, you know, we're a hardy people, so that includes the winter. Um, and you've also got, I mean, it's actually is a good place to go in the winter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can, you can hike out there, and it's kind of protected. Right. So you're not, it's, uh, Arrowhead Park is a fine place. Right. But, you know, there's not a tree on the land. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a little bit more open. A it's up in risky. the air. Right. Yeah, we're going to have our first in the city that I know of, um, and I used to work for Parks and Rec, yeah. so I know um, our first snowshoeing course um, throughout the whole winter, and we'll be maintaining that. Ah, that's awesome. And then, like I say, on weekends, we'll maybe put a pot of hot cocoa on and see who comes yeah. out and help you out with some warm-up in the building. And, you know, we're, we just want to have people come out because it's such a beautiful property. And again, yes, in the snow. You'll see things out there. Yeah, a snowshoeing, so, that's a great idea, yeah, Diane. Yeah. Because there's I not s- that many. I mean, you can go to the outdoor campus, not, nothing, but there's. it's not the same. Right, yeah. Right? This would be yep. very And we've got cross-country ski trails all over the city, but we don't have a snowshoeing course. Yeah. So we're hoping to have that ready to go here as soon as we get some snow. And you mentioned you can you, you can rent it like for events, right? The right. building. Yes, yes. You can rent the building if you're having a graduation party or a wedding or we just had an anniversary party recently. Um, we have this uh, smaller room upstairs and we have also a larger room downstairs. Um, so just like I mean, group meetings and things yeah, of this nature. Board meetings, you know, we have retreats that come out. And Falls so. area bicyclists. Yes, there you go. I love it. Right were now. you on the 80 and 18? We were. Department? We're not on there anymore, but it, that was the spring. So oh, okay. Almost as I got started. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you, need better, uh, you do need better bicycle access. Yes, yes. It's not, you can do it, <laughs> yep. but it's a little tough on yeah. Highway 42. And, and the city is working on that. That yeah. is one of their plans. Well, it's, it's all getting out. reconstructed through right. there, so right. that'll be easier when that's all done. Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, Diane Gildman. Diane, thanks for coming in. Yeah, I really appreciate it. thank you for it. having me. It's an awesome place, and... and I highly recommend uh, you go out and just walk around in the historic site. Yeah. It really is a, a wonderful experience. Yeah. And uh, uh, we thank you for coming in. Yes. And good you. luck out there. And we'll have you back when you've got some more stuff going on, right? Great. Sounds good. Diane Gildemeister, she is the director of the Mary Jo Wagner Arboretum and historic Isu Falls site. We thank her for being here. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat about uh, what's coming up next week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Living, cashing in the bill of rights.
457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, next week is Halloween for you kiddos out there. But on Saturday, Zombie Walk. This year's theme is At the Movies. Come dress as your favorite movie character. Registration is 1 to 5 at the Elride Shrine. It costs 3 bucks. Get your makeup done from 1 to 4 for 5 bucks. The walk starts at 5 p.m. at the Elride Shrine in downtown Sioux Falls. This year's event proceeds benefit Ladders of Smiles and the Sioux Falls Roller Dolls. Uh, it's always a fun day downtown as there's zombies walking around into the wee, wee hours is normally the case. So have fun when you're downtown this weekend. Coming up next week on the show, uh, so we got politics coming up. Uh, Monday, Dusty Johnson's going to be here. Congressional candidate Dusty Johnson, the Republican in the race. On Wednesday, Tim Bjorkman, the Democrat in that race, will be in. So we'll talk to both of those guys next week. That'll be good. Uh, and, you know, really clear the air when it comes to the House race. Uh, I got Matt Staub coming in. I don't think that's next Friday. At some point, I got Staub coming in. We're going to do predictions. That's going to be the prediction show. That's coming up real soon, so look forward to that. Coming up after. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Also, the common man will be here Monday. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.